Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. I love it when it's and friends. We've got producer Moose here and also uh, Dr. Joe Arve. So it's and friends, plural. It's fun, huh, Moose? Oh, yes. Love having being here in the studio and having our good friend, Dr. Joe. Hi, Dr. Joe. Hey, hey. Fun, Dr. fun all the time. Dr. Joe, I, I, first of all, I've never really seen him in a bad mood. I know he, his wife has, let's be honest, <laughs> and his kids. So, okay, they have. But he doesn't really ever show that. He's one of the most positive people I know. He's probably the healthiest, if not one of the healthiest people I know. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the events he has coming up. He has such a passion for getting people healthy that he has many free events that people can come to and learn more about health. And I have to tell you, Dr. Joe, you know, my son made state for swimming. And he's funny because... What he's done is he told his grandma he's on a diet. And I'm like, you are not on a diet. What I've told him is, look, if you want to have macaroni and cheese, okay, if that is your decision and you want that instead of my whole grain pasta or whatever else is, like edamame is one of the big things they have as a snack at our house. I said, um, then you have to add to it nuts, some banana, some green apple, strawberries, some carrots, some celery. So this morning, he's so funny. He made pasta for breakfast, white pasta. He likes the white, and I'm not a big fan of that. And so he goes, look, Mom, I have raw nuts like Dr. Joe eats, and I have carrots, and he, ha- and he had fruit. There you go. So I said, look, if you're going to eat that, which, you know, it's not horrible for a kid at all, but I'm saying if you're going to have a snack that maybe isn't a mom-picked snack, then you have to add in healthy foods along with it. You have to have food. Yeah. So if you're going to eat that thing that has a shelf life of 30 years, which isn't food, then we like. Then I'd like you, before you go to school today and try to be your best and have your brain work, I'd like to have you put some real food in your body and have fun. So, yeah, it's called the addition rule. It's like, yeah, look, the add, addition rule. add I like real that. food to what you're currently eating, and you'll feel better, you'll actually be satisfied, and you'll have a better day because of it. Excellent. And, you know, I'm doing it now in a really weird way where they'll come home from school and I'll have, like, a slice of avocado. Well, if you don't like it, you only have one. Go mm-hmm. for it. And, like, six walnut halves and then maybe a couple of corn chips to eat with the avocado and then some fruit and veggies in there and then something maybe they really, really want mm-hmm. that's not as good for them. And so I have all the – and it's like when I give them those small servings of, like, six or seven things, they go ahead and eat it. Yeah. Without complaining. Yeah. Because they know they're going to get there or whatever. It's like, it's like a scavenger hunt. It's like, yeah. okay, okay, there's the prize. <laughs> <Right>. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way of doing it. Any way it works, make it easy, make it fun. See how, Angie, you're doing so well. I'm working on it. All right, we're going to talk more about health with Dr. Joe, but I wanted to start with um, this really sweet uh, story. And part of what Dr. Joe talks about, as you know, Moose, is the mental aspect of our health. Yep. And the choice for happiness and relationships and investing in those, which he would know about because he works with his entire family, which I don't even know if I could do that. <laughs> Seriously, all of his kids work with him. His, I know it. Yeah. 
And his wife, your wife works with you too. She does. It takes, yeah. it, it takes, it's, it's been a humbling experience. It's, it takes a village to it's run Dr. Joe's me. shop. Exactly. Yeah, two of them are becoming chiropractors too, two aren't are. they? Yes, yes. That's so pretty cool. Training. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you proud? I'm, I'm proud of all of them. Yeah, I know. You know, you I are. want them to be what God wants them to be. So, and I'm trying not to be that dad that says, well, you know, you can be whoever you want to be after you get your chiropractic degree. You <laughs> right, know, stuff right, like that. right, right. So, uh, it's, you know, we're trying to, trying to work that. But I, they, I know we get, my kids do not realize what they're learning every day in this office. And when they get out into the real world, they're going to be like, oh, they're going to be so successful because Thanks, they're learning. Dad. People skills, or learning business skills, or learning life skills, or dealing with people all day long. They have to think on their toes. All these things they try to learn in college, they're actually getting already. So, I'm just waiting for all those phone calls. Dad, you were right. Dad, yeah. you were. I mean, I'm just waiting for them to come someday. Well, in the real world, <laughs> I think really does Still teach waiting. you the real skills because half the battle isn't how brilliant you are. Half the battle is your ability to get along with people. That's right. And you, you can't just speak your mind right there because it's like, look, that's not an option. You can't no. just go. You, you, we don't, I don't allow them to be grumpy in the office. They have to be a reflection of us and what we're trying to do and be part of God's health and healing. So they have to suck it up and, and say things they may not feel like saying, but they want to be kind to people, be there to serve, get their focus off themselves and get it on others. It's, it's been a great experience so far. Good for you, Dr. Joe. All right. So Will this- you be my dad? <laughs> Well, then there's Wait the other second. part. You are about the same age as one of his daughters. Oh, the other, right. Then there's the other half. They get at home, so it's like, <laughs> well, do your job, or I can just yell at you. Then I'm, I'm your dad. You know. Like, yep. There is no politically correctness. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm, I'm not in the dad. dad world. I'm your dad. All right. I love his story because it involves a couple, and for 60 years he's been doing special something special for her um, for Valentine's Day. So after Valentine's Day, just a little while ago, the daughters found something up in the um, the attic, which was so cool, I think. And I just love the whole, like, love and memories and saving things of significance, although my husband would never let me do this. He'd have that giant trash can that's in the garage. <laughs> he brings it into the house, and he just throws things into it. Uh-huh, like, almost a- randomly, I find, like, important stuff in there. Like, my grandmother's, like, wedding present, the cake dish was in there. Uh-oh. Yeah, like, uh, like in the on the top of the trash. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't just throw, like, my hoodies in there. Like, I wear those hoodies. He's like, well, why is it on the floor then i'm like well maybe the kids knocked it there if it's on the floor it goes in the trash so so (laughs) this would not happen in my house but with that said it's a super sweet story about memories and love take a listen romance is comprised mom was a nurse of two types of love stories here's dad digging a basement one mushy and out there no no no, not at all no and one no Uh -uh. that better describes this is their 50th bud and phyllis Sherson. You just knew, you know. Lorraine Eichens and Georgia Deneen are Bud and Phyllis's daughters. I think it's a generational thing. The greatest generation did love their own way, which the daughters recently figured out when they emptied their parents' attic. Okay, they're back over here. And found something. One sack of them. Unexpected. One inside of another, inside of another. We kept pulling them out and <laughs> blowing the dust off. Dozens of <laughs> emptied Valentine chocolate boxes. Patriotic ones. Representing their parents' 68 years of marriage. This might have been my favorite. No hugging or kissing in front of the kid. But look at what they did. I can't believe she saved them all. Warms my heart to think about mm-hmm. him doing that every year. So it's 60, like, eight heart-shaped boxes with the chocolate he gave her every Valentine's Day of their marriage, and she saved every box. 
Did it have the chocolate in him still? I know. <laughs> <laughs> or no, just half-eaten pieces. <laughs> well, the subheadline was, ate the chocolate, kept the hearts. That's it. <laughs> Isn't that, it's kind of sweet. I mean, again, my husband would See. never allow me to keep those. But yeah. the daughters had no idea because there was no, like, they don't hug and kiss in right. front of the kids. Right. But this was, you know, love. And they didn't even know he did this every year yeah. for her. That'd be me. I've really? got box. Oh, I've got boxes. You save that kind of stuff? I save all that kind of stuff. Oh, how fun. And they're trying to, you know, get me to break me of it. But I'm... Someday, it's like someday they're going to find us and maybe they'll do a show on me or not. I don't know. But I, I save that kind of stuff, you know, the little things I save and I just stash and put in boxes. And Yeah, I'm a card and, and saver. And my wife's yeah. like, why do you need to save these? I'm like, because... Because yeah. I want to. Maybe I should yeah. save a few. I do save uh, the kids' work, but I have to hide it in order to save it because my husband will yeah. throw it out. <laughs> so if I get something really special that's like what, that came home the other night from an event and taped onto my mirror, they'd snuck into my room and it says, Mom, come wake us up to give us a hug when you get home. But their spelling, of course, is yeah, yeah. super crazy. Yeah. You know? And that's what's so funny how they spell things and then the hearts and the kisses. So then all, I have a hope chest in one of my daughter's rooms and it's wooden and we lift the lid and we throw it in there. If he ever finds the stuff, it'll get thrown out. But right now it's safe because he doesn't know what's in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And been... that's another reason why I like going to the Olympics yeah. and collecting stuff there because for the next hundred years, they're going to be talking about the 2012 and now coming up Rio, the 2016 Olympics sometime on TV. So my family will go, Hey, wasn't grandma and grandpa or remember the time we were there? So that's kind of a thing that will get, will live on past us as well. Are you going you know? to Rio yeah. for the Olympics? Oh yeah. Who are you going to work with, the judo guys? USA Wrestling this time. Oh, the wrestling. Yeah, the women's and, and men's team, USA wow. Wrestling. We're getting excited. My son and would to love go. to go and watch the swimmers. He's yeah. so, he just said, Dad, can you take me? And yeah. he said, well, i got to work. He goes, well, Mom can take me. That's right. There's a, there's a big swim meet in Hawaii yeah. that my son wants to qualify for. And uh, he said, uh, you know, again, Mom can take me anywhere. She can do her radio show anywhere in the world, Dad. Right. Yeah. And then and my husband said, you can't just like go to Ticketmaster and get like Olympics tickets. It's not like that easy. Mm, no, you have to know the right people. They're already all bought up. I'll bet they are. It's crazy. All it's right. Well, crazy. here's part two of that super sweet story about love and saving those heart-shaped heart chocolate boxes for 68 years. This is what happens when you make it to your 90s having never forgot that first date feeling. She, my sister came home one day and, and she says, you want to come down? I've got a good looking girl down here working with me. She said, you want to come down and meet her? Well, my sister didn't lie. Any, you know. <laughs> Arms crossed, hands folded, hearts intertwined. He was tall and had blue eyes. And <laughs> the old dar we've been there all. <laughs> Here you go, Dad. Oh, that's a pretty one. We surprised you. You did. Pay attention, millennials. To my Valentine. It's not the sweets that endure. It's the heart behind them. I must have a little money in an extra one. I bought that big one. <laughs> but come on, why did she save them? <laughs> Are you ready for the best answer ever? I didn't have the heart to throw them away. <laughs> Maybe. Life is like a box of chocolates. But Phyllis always knows what she's going to get. I kept him and the boxes. <laughs> Boyd Hooper, Care 11 News. Because I like both of them. New Richland. <laughs> I loved one of them. <laughs> I think that's so neat. Boyd Hooper, you know, he's been on the show before and. Uh, he does good news, and he, just like myself, he did bad news for many years, and he went to his bosses and said, I'd really like to do some good news stories, and they took off because they go viral on the Internet, mm -hmm. which brings more clicks to the CARE website, and so his bosses are like, oh, okay, this is working. Yep. We like this. Yeah, and it always reminds me of Valentine's Day of our friend Jim, who's passed and then died because of cancer, but he before he died, he set up an account 
that sends his wife flowers every every Valentine's Day. And so year one was taken care of. This was year two again. So it's just those things that we, you know that we keep doing. It, 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 it you know the thing is we don't have to do it for anybody, just for ourselves. So if that you want to be tough you say for his stuff, wife. I mean, it's great that he remembered her, but boy, right. when Valentine's Day comes around, because he wasn't very old, and he's part no. of your passion for getting people healthy, isn't he? Yeah, and he's just a great guy, and that's just another example of his greatness. Actually, uh, grandbaby number two has just been born, so uh, it's you know there's a lot of love and joy in in that family, and it's it's good, it's good. All right, so let's talk about what's coming up in terms of you know some of your health events and some of the things. Uh, I've had some questions lately about juicing, okay. which is something you've been talking about. And uh, on my Facebook, I said, do you have any nutrition questions? And you and I have been talking about the um, fasting and not the fasting the way people normally think about it. Um, so these are some of the new things that you're teaching. Right. And juicing, I think, freaks people out. I think they don't know how to do it. And are smoothies okay, too? Because I... Uh, the juicing is very messy and takes right. a lot of a lot of vegetables, yeah. and so I've been adding the vegetables into my smoothie, like celery and cucumber, because it doesn't really influence the taste of like a uh, a protein smoothie with strawberries. No, absolutely. Like you like to tease me at the at the, at the seminars we do is you know I don't eat for taste, I eat for health, which. Totally Not true. everybody does that. Totally so, true. So he'll keep you know, shaking. He's so delicious. I'm like, exactly. oh, this is yummy. This is awesome. You're like, the Dr. Joe's like ice truck. cream. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, is that what are you currently doing? I ignore that. Moose. I know. It's like whatever you're currently doing right now, if you want to make a change, make a change. So whether it's juicing, you know, you watch the movies, you see, oh, I'm going to go juice now. I'm going to do that. But you don't realize that that is, here's what I tell patients. If you're told, look, you have cancer and you have six weeks to live, you'll, you'll do, do any anything. You'll do anything. Anything. So if you're told, well, I'd like to get in shape and juicing is like a good idea, it, you're not going to last very long. You might be better off going to a health food store, having them juice it for you, do one or two of those a week for breakfast or for lunch, and you're getting those good vitamins, good nutrients in your body. If you're ready to now do a juiced fast, that's where you would take something like a green drink that we call it in our office. We have the recipes you can contact the office to get that. But you do a green drink, and literally you do it six times a day. You do it breakfast, snack, lunch, and then snack, breakfast, and before you go to bed, and you're getting these nutrients. Literally, your food becomes your medicine into your body. Again, if that's too much, then like you said, you make the power smoothies where you take a handful of kale or a handful of spinach, the leafy vegetables, you know, the green ones, more green the better, and you throw it in with some strawberries and your, and your favorite protein shake, uh, powder, uh, some green powder maybe, some water or some coconut milk, and you drink, you're getting nutrients. Nutrients, that's a whole lot better than, let's say, a man-made breakfast or Twinkies and Ho-Ho's and Mountain yes. Dews down at the you know, gas station. And you, you mentioned the green powder that you can add. Right. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll do the green powder by itself, and I put a little bit of stevia in there, and actually it's made it so much better because yeah. I don't want to, like, taint my shake with that flavor of it, right? Right. So I'll do it separately. And same thing, like, if some of the veggies aren't, like, so tasty in my strawberry grass-fed whey protein shake that I use almond milk with, then I'll actually blend them up with some water, and I will, like, literally plug my nose and drink it just to get it in, and then I'll have my delicious shake. Yeah. So but again, you, Dr. Joe doesn't eat for taste. Well, and the thing is, is that you can throw in, uh, well, but I have, I, I don't, I personally don't, but my family does, and if I'm making it, they always say, now, don't put that in there, and don't do this. So we've, <laughs> we've gone crazy. We've added avocados to it. Well, that's good, by the way, it I do that really with my good. kids. It gives it a they malt, don't even like, know. They, they don't, don't even know. know that there's avocado in there. You can't tell. I think it's like a strawberry malt. Yeah, because it has that good. malt flavor. We'll take uh, almond butter or handfuls of almonds and I throw it in there. I do that too. They don't even know. And it, and it just it literally the peanut butter, the healthy peanut butter or the healthy almond butter hides whatever new goodies you're the good stuff you're trying to, to put in there, and so you can 
drink juice all day. You could. I've done fasts where I've made a power shake for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. And I've drank the whole pitcher. You know, it's yeah, like, and that's so filling, eat, by the it's way. It's really Very filling. filling. And, you know, because you, you're giving your body a break. You're not digesting all the hard foods. And you're always going to have a health Movement in the right direction. It's going to be green grass for your body. doesn't mean movement like that, no. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Just Thanks for moose look terrifying. It may give you a good movement, you know, uh, in the bathroom, too. Oh, my but, gosh. Uh, you know, but it's just, it's just start doing something. Whether it's addition, like we talked about with your son. It's an addition rule. Yes. And you got Adding be, healthy foods in. Right. And be careful. Make your own smoothies with food that was yes. made by made by God and from the plant, not in a plant. You know, so many times we want to... Sh- shortcut the process, go to the store, even a health food store, and buy a smoothie in a jar or a smoothie in a cup or a smoothie in a can. Or at a, a store where they sell smoothies. Yeah, yeah. Some of those have added things you don't need they're, in a lot of sugar. They're very high in sugar. You don't need it. You can make it a heck of a lot cheaper at home. And, and better. And we have tons of recipes on what to make and how to make it, and we do workshops on this stuff. So if you want any help, just let us know. We'll let you know at the end. But Well, what do you have coming up? I know you do a free workout so every weekend. We're doing, we're doing, we do workouts every Saturday. Um, basically, my favorite thing coming up that everybody loves is we're doing a dinner at the dock. So March 7th, uh, Monday night at 6.30 at Sinzetti's. I'm going to teach you how to go out to eat without going off your diet. It is March 7th. And they tonight. Uh, it's tonight. Tonight, yeah. <laughs> tonight. March yes. 7th, tonight. Sorry. Yes. Ugh, it's crazy. We're having so much fun. It's crazy. You're so, so tonight, much fun. be at Sinzetti's at 6 30. 6 30. They should call you first. They should though. call. It's or they free and call it's me informational. Or text, text my cell phone um, and it's free. I will buy you dinner. So, if you don't feel like cooking tonight, if you don't feel like doing dishes, you owe somebody a dinner. Bring him to Sinzetti's tonight in North Glen at 6 30. Uh, we'll be out of there by 8. We'll have fun and I will teach you how to literally how you can lose 20 pounds in 30 days, how you can kick sugar cravings, how you can feel younger and and be your best. I'd love to meet you. Come out and just check out what we do to help you be healthy and strong. And again, if you want to come, the number is 303-349-6011, 303-349-6011, or contact us at spinegeek.com. Yeah, uh, and I've been to the dinners. It's really fun. Dr. Joe talks, we tell some jokes. Um, he has some success stories, teaches you a little bit about nutrition, then he leaves and lets you eat in peace. Yep. And there's usually a pretty pretty big group of people, and it is a lot of fun. It's so fun. at the dinner with the doc, free dinner tonight, if you'd like to come to Sinzetti's and find out why he has such a passion for getting people healthy. Thanks, Dr. Joe. We really appreciate you, and I appreciate all you've done for our family. You know, my mom's down in the 160s now, nice. and when she started uh, you know, going to your seminars, I think she was two and a quarter about. Praise God. Yeah, I know. Isn't that wonderful? Your phone number again, Dr. Joe? 303-349-6011. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Be right back. You heard it in church. Now you have it here on 810 KLVZ. And yes, it's all right to sing along. Hey, it's Angie with the good news. Do you ever feel like, you know, you need a roadmap to your goals or you need some hope or you feel lost? Well, Carrie Conley with Infinite Nation, she teaches us the specifics, the roadmap to reach your goals and dreams. Hi, Carrie. How are you, Angie? It must be very exciting for you to help people reach their goals. It's very exciting because everybody has a vision of what they want their life to look like, Angie, but most of us walk around with it all stuffed inside and not able to get it out. And that's what I help people do. And what I find that you do is you have us write down 
down uh, what we see ourselves doing or would like to see ourselves doing in one year, two year, three years. Right. And then you have you break it down into steps and then it makes it so much more simplified and less intimidating. Well, I think people overestimate that, you know, a baby step ha- can take you a long way. So yes, I get them to take little tiny baby steps toward the bigger vision of what they want their life to look like. Or right, if people want to talk to you, work with you, see what you're up to, how do they reach you? InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. The greatest need for the fall season is for mentors and interns. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time, and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the differently abled ambassadors through you, and it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally, and you need donations. We need donations all the time, and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303-238. Jane, which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy. Love it. And you can also, of course, drop things off, but they'll come and pick things up for free. And again, all the money stays locally to help the disabled community. And I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. There's a difference between want and need. Almost all of us have said, I need this, or I really need that. Is it a need or just a strong desire to have something you only want? Take a step back and remember, there's a difference between need and want. We all have basic needs. They're primitive things like food, water, shelter, and clothing. Those are the very basics. Let's go ahead and extend that. At some point in time in our lives, we all need health care, education, a type of safety, and a productive way to carry on our society. Take a step further. Love and a sense of belonging. We all want to be loved and feel as though we have a place somewhere. If we don't have love and belonging, we may not be happy, but we won't die from it. What else do you think you need? Respect, a sense of achievement or confidence? Why not respect yourself and what you accomplish on a daily basis? Feel a sense of pride in knowing you try to live by the word. Then you'll be closer to having the respect of God. And that's the only thing that matters in the end. So when you sort out your needs from your wants, remember Isaiah 58:11 says, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sense scorched land. And he will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. This is 
the Crawford Broadcasting Company for God and Country. Worship through wonderful music, impactful sermons, and inspirational talk programs. Where Love Lives, 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Our friend Skip Starr is here, and he brought along Bill Feck, and they're going to talk to us about life with Jesus after you've been in prison. And uh, I have to tell you, Skip Starr, your testimony, you know how impressed I am with you and your life. You know, you were a big-time businessman, signed some things and did some things you shouldn't, did your time and became a believer, and then you've done so many things for others since you came out. And we're going to talk about a program you're involved with now, A Future and a Hope. Is that right? Yes. It's it's a nonprofit that uh, was formed by Jim and Marsha Hanna to provide housing for men and women when they come out of prison because with that convicted felon on your record, it's just almost impossible to get housing. It's hard enough to get a place to live when they do like, like a you know background check and a security check and yes. that this month's rent and that month's rent and that yes, deposit. Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I obviously can because I've been working a long time. But what if you're a kid, you yeah. know, and you haven't had a job for very long or yes. like you said, um, an ex-offender and you're trying to get a place yeah. to live. Same thing with getting jobs. So these programs that help you guys out make a big difference. I have a question to ask you before we get into uh, more with A Future and a Hope and talking to Bill, uh, your friend and roommate. Um, why, since you got out of prison and became a Christian, have you dedicated your life to others? That that was what I felt the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. Uh, the neat thing about prison is I had a lot of time to really build my relationship with God. And so when I came out, I felt, I mean, I had offers. In fact, I took an offer of making $100,000 a year for about a year, and I just felt God was saying, this is not what I want. And I just walked away from the he job. He knew that you knew how to make money. Yes, yes. Legally. Yes, 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 yes. 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 You could, you're could. you a CPA. You have a good education. You're a smart guy. And so you got this good job offer. We're making good money and decided, well, you know what? It's I'm going to give yeah. to others. And so now you don't make a lot of money. No, I live on my Social Security. I live on... Uh, $1,700 a month, and I donate 1000 to my ministry. Wow. So I live on $700 a month. Well, introduce Bill, and let's talk more about this ministry. Bill is a friend that I met through this a Future and a Hope. Uh, he's got an incredible story uh, of coming to God through in prison again. And then uh, he's, I've had him talk to the youth down at the community center, and they just get mesmerized by his story. He was a, he was a longtime criminal. All right, so Skip Starr, again, my friend, has a homeless ministry that he's come to talk about on several occasions, and Bill uh, has spoken to them. All right, so Bill, obviously a huge life change for you. So let's talk a little bit about your story. First of all, uh, you guys are work together at A Future and a Hope, but how did you end up um, as a longtime criminal and then a Christian? So let's go through your testimony a bit. Well, my testimony is that uh, I was uh, born and raised on the south side of Chicago, um, my both of my parents were alcoholics. My mother was a, a heroin addict, and I grew up in a family with uh, five siblings under me, and I pretty much had to take care of them and my mother at at various times. And I grew up in an environment that was criminal. Uh, uh, my mother was in the prostitution. I had no uh, education, dropped out of schools, moved around uh, various places in Chicago, uh, various stepfathers, stepbrothers and sisters. 
And uh, as I got into my teens, my crime um, developed with, with other individuals. And uh, so did my belief. You know, I, I didn't believe, I didn't trust. Um, well, how could you? You, weren't, you were taught not to trust. Right. You were taught survival, basically, how to survive. Right. And I didn't know anything about Christ or Jesus or God. I knew there was a higher power, somebody up there when we die, you know. And uh, pretty, my view on it was, well, you know, uh, you know, a number numerous times, even as a child, I'd, I would ask, you know, why me? What's this about, you know? But uh, I, I developed uh, into a career criminal. Uh, my last offense was a habitual criminal, life sentence for burglaries, uh, auto theft, chop shops, firearms in the federal uh, cells and things like that. Uh, when I did go to prison, I, I tried to better myself in my education. I completed a GED. I went and uh, to a, uh, some college and uh, trades. In in prison, you work just like you work on the street. You have to, or you know, they got a little they got a little space they'll put you in if you don't. You know, you abide by the rules. Right. And each time I came out, it was harder and harder to get back into the the real world as Each as time you came out, out of prison, it was more and more difficult. Why yes. is that, you think? Well, housing, employment, uh, um, going back to the old crowd and, and not making an effort to really try. And then you anything. didn't have family then that you could count on when you got out? No, my my family was broken up because of my, my mother. Uh, my father left when I was nine. My my mother, the, the children were taken by uh, juvenile hall. And uh, there was a period of time where I lived on the streets. That's why I'm uh, good now talking to somebody homeless youth yeah. down at Skip's because place been there. because I've been there, done well, that. And that's an interesting thing that you say about getting out and not having anyone to count on because I think that people who've lived, um, that leave it to Beaver life and they've had the parents and they get the car when they're 16, they go to college and maybe they start using some marijuana and they get in trouble and then they have a family to count on. When you're talking about you have no one to turn to when you get out and no one to turn to before you ever even went into prison, no one to turn to as a kid, no one to teach you and train you, then you get out of prison and you have no family to say, Hey, can I sleep on the couch until I get an apartment? Hey, can I sleep at the, on the couch while I'm working at McDonald's for a few week, weeks? People don't get it because I didn't have it as hard as you did uh, by any means. But I didn't ever have really people to count on and say, hey, if I fall, if I lose my job, can I come stay with you? So you always know you're on your own. And it's very much, it's, it's a narcissistic existence, I think, because we're trying to survive and support ourselves. And we know we can't turn to anyone else. Now, I was fortunate enough to have an education and I never did, you know, take that path. But I do relate to the being completely on your own. And that's why I think faith is so important to those of us who've been alone, because we finally feel like that emptiness is gone, and you have a sense of comfort finally, and you feel like you have love in your heart that you maybe never experienced before. Mm. Correct. Um, there was a lot of times in my past that I was confused, uh, didn't trust people, especially rich people. <laughs> 
And uh, like you were Skip, uh, <laughs> Skip Star before you went me to of prison. That a lot. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. You had very different upbringings, the oh, two of you. Tremendously and now, different here, upbringings. Isn't that fascinating, though? You're like the best of friends in Christ, but growing up, you would have been on two completely different sides of town. Oh, by wow. far. And you went to prestigious universities, great education. Yes. And here, you know, Bill Feck, your buddy, who you now work with, and you guys are involved with the Future and Hope and your homeless ministry, right. um, are the best of friends. That's what I love about Jesus. He's the great leveler. He's the great equalizer, that he makes us all alike, that we become friends in Christ regardless of our quote-unquote background, because all of a sudden we're all related through our faith. So, so right. tell them how you found Christ. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Well, I have a, a recent... Um, situation, testimony with Christ, and I have an old testimony. When I was in prison, I was down in Canyon City in, um, in Shadow Mountain. They call it Shadow Mountain at the time. It was in Canyon City. And I knew that I was going to do life. And I thought about suicide. I thought about a lot of things laying in that cell, looking at the stainless steel toilet. And I thought, you know, what do I do now? You know, if you, God, if you're up there, you know, why, you know, what's what's going on? Why did you do this to me? Why didn't I get a chance? And something told me, well, you know, you're hurting. You better get on your knees and pray, you know. So I got down on my knees, and I prayed about it and in tears. And uh, a lot, of course, was my fault, you know, not trusting people, uh, alcoholism, drugs, getting into that. I had the choice to do that. And I deserved to be where I was. And when I accepted that, that looked in the mirror at myself and said, hey, you know, there were people out there that took the time to know me, told me I was a good person and, and tried to help me, but I refused it. I always ran to the drugs or the alcohol. You know, that had a grip on me. So... I started going to Bible study in there, and I started uh, helping other individuals. I started uh, communicating with the staff members, the lieutenants, and things like that, and started getting involved with helping the younger guys that were in prison, you know, and, and got closer to God in that and f just completely forgot about myself. And I accepted the fact that God put me in this situation, and I accepted the fact that, hey, maybe I can be a tool to help them look at me. You know, do you want to end up where I put myself? And uh, drugs will do that. And then uh, when it comes to Skip and uh, a future and a hope, uh, I was in prison um, out on the yard, and I had uh, a heart condition. So I was just on the verge of uh, going to the parole board for about maybe the ninth time. I didn't expect to be paroled. I expected to die in prison. And uh, a lot of people will say, oh, well, that's too bad. You know, you got what you deserve, you know. Well, God has different things uh, for us that we don't know about, you know. And I ended up in um, in the hospital, and I was in severe trauma. And and uh, as I was fading out, 
you know, I, a tear came into my eye, and I thought, you know, thank you, Lord. And the, the tears were not because I didn't want to die. The, the, this, the tear was that I didn't have the courage to kill myself a long time ago, but I actually was killing myself with drugs and alcohol. But the tear came because, wow, you know, I'm finally out of this, all this misery, all this pain, you know. Uh, growing up having to inject my mother with heroin, uh, seeing her with men, you know, I, I, you know, it just go, went on and on and on. And uh, that tear came into my eye, and I thought, wow, it's finally over. This is finally over. And that was my testimony when I met Skip. Actually, I met him in the halfway house before I went to Future Home. And I do a Bible study at a halfway house, and that's where and that's where you met at the Bible study. You do at the halfway yes, house. Yes. And finally, I, I you know, uh, I, I, I didn't see uh, a lot of lights or go through tunnels or anything like that. But when I when I went out and I I thought I was going to die, I was thankful. I said, "Thank you, God. You know, I'm out of this." And I guess that I was out for a couple of days and. Somebody was squeezing my hand. Can you feel that, Mr. Feck? Can you feel that? And and I, I I was coming out, and I thought, you know, wow, you know, they got doctors up here. <laughs> you know? And I was kind of angry at first. I said, Oh no, you're still here. I got angry at God. I said, Why? Why would you possibly do this to me? Why? You know. And I laid there, and the doctors and nurses were coming on, and during the day I was thinking about it, you know, and it just came to my mind when I asked, I kept asking them question, why? I said, because I'm not done with you yet. That's what the first thing, did. and I said, why would I even think something like that? You're not done with me. You know, you, you want me to go through more misery, you know, and then these things started coming that, you know, you, you have to have experience to to help people that are in pain because it never affected me because a counselor couldn't tell me anything out of a book. Right. I was street smart. I right. Was, I That's was why these homeless smart. kids can relate to you and you know, feel a bond with you. And when I pop things at them that they're hep to, they know that didn't come out of no book. You know? Right. They, they know I can tell them... I know where you're at right now. You know, I know how cold it gets. I know how that little thing in your stomach feels when you haven't eaten in three days and you don't want to go up and, and humble yourself and ask for food or beg for this or, you know, you, you'll steal it. You, and, and, and when you're using drugs, you'll steal off your friends. You're still from your mother. You're still from anybody just, just so you can survive. Right. And you I know where you're coming your from. Yeah. How did you get out then? How did I get You were out? paroled? Oh, yeah. They, they paroled me right in the hospital. Oh, I, wow. And, and how long have you been out now? I've been out uh, a little over three years. I'm off parole. I live at a future in a hope, and I, I work with some of the guys around there all the time. A lot of times, you know, I ask the Lord, I said, well, why did you give me this? Man, this guy's head is like a brick. You know, he just don't get it. It's going over his head, you know, and I get frustrated. And a lot of things that I have to step out and do, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do. You yeah, know, my own nature easy. would. If Skip walked up to me this morning, I just came back from motor vehicle, 
hey, you want to go be on a talk show? And I says, well, if that's God's what God wants me to do today, I says, let's go. You know, I, <laughs> I well, don't know what I'm going to say, you know. Bill Who wants Feck to listen to me? And Skip Starr, uh, you know, a, a former inmates, uh, friends, and uh, now staying at a future and a hope, a great facility that allows them to be able to get an apartment and a place to stay after a prison sentence. And what has it been like, Bill? You know, you've, you've survived three years since that heart issue that you had. You thought you'd done but God had more work for you. What has it been like helping others in that last three years? What's your life been like? Well, I've I've am pretty much the type of person where I believe spiritually. If I do something for somebody, you know, um, this is over years of reading the scripture. What else do you have to do at night in prison? You know, read the scripture. And I believe, you know, it's 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 not about the person or or what God has puts in front of you to do it's the most important thing is to be obedient to him and your heart and yourself and do that particular thing but because of Bill's experiences and his long time in prison and his experiences on the street he has instant credibility with all these men that come to this housing unit. Right. I don't. You know, they know where I mean, I was in prison, but they know I was in minimum security and I was there for a year and a How half. How long were you in prison, Bill? Do you know? Totally. Uh, throughout my life. I'm 71 years old and I spent 35 years behind prison walls, Joliet, Cook County Jail. So half your life. Yeah. Yeah, half your life. Yeah. I want to make sure people know about um, a future and a hope and your ministry as well, Refuge City Ministry, Skip, helping yes. homeless young people, homeless teens. So uh, give us your website first. RefugeCityMinistries.org. And how do they find out more about a future and a hope? Uh, they can go to a futureandahope.org. And, you know, Skip's always looking for people that want to, you know, work with the teens. They take trips up to the mountains. A lot of these kids have never even been on a trip up to the mountains, and they're just kind of trying to survive day to day. So Bill Feck, Skip Starr, thank you both so much for coming in. It was wonderful. God bless. I love testimonies and uh, transformations, and that was a transformation with uh, Jesus at your side, Bill Feck. Thank you. Eight ten KLVZ. Brighton, Denver, Boulder. A Crawford Broadcasting Station. Hello, it's your pal Angie Austin. You know, I have to tell you, if you enjoy the good news, I would love your support. I would love to team up with you, to partner with you, and help you grow your business or your nonprofit. And also, you could support the good news at the same time. I know all of my sponsors personally. I really enjoy working with these advertisers because we have friendships as well as a business relationship. This show means the world to me. I have a passion for sharing good news, and I have a passion for my faith, and I would also have a passion for you and, and building your business as well. You can reach me at angieaustinnews at gmail.com, angieaustinnews at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you. Hey, it's Angie with the good news. Do you ever feel like, you know, you need a roadmap to your goals or you need some hope or you feel lost? Well, Carrie Conley with Infinite Nation, she teaches us the specifics, the roadmap to reach your goals and dreams. Hi, Carrie. How are you, Angie? It must be very exciting for you to help people reach their goals. It's very exciting because everybody has a vision of what they want their life to look like, Angie, but most of us walk around with it all stuffed inside and not able to get it out. And that's what I help people do. And what I find that you do is you have us write down 
down uh, what we see ourselves doing or would like to see ourselves doing in one year, two year, three years. Right. And then you have you break it down into steps and then it makes it so much more simplified and less intimidating. Well, I think people overestimate that, you know, a baby step can take you a long way. So yes, I get them to take little tiny baby steps toward the bigger vision of what they want their life to look like. All right, if people want to talk to you, work with you, see what you're up to, how do they reach you? InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie. All right, you want to be healthier, right? What if you could get a free health assessment and you could get a number that would let you know, hey, I am really in bad shape, or hey, I'm doing really <laughs> great. Well, we've got one for you. It's a free health assessment. It's 100 questions, and Dr. Joe Arve is here. And Dr. Joe, how do we uh, take this health assessment? Well, basically, just send me your first name and your last name and your email address, and we'll email this lifestyle risk questionnaire to you. And what it does, it's 100 questions, and it analyzes how you're living, how you're eating, what you're doing, to whether your health is going the right way or the wrong way and it gives you a score and then based on that score we can go to work on making lifestyle choices diet changes things you can do every day to get that score down and get your health moving in the right direction and so you can call me at 303-349-6011 and leave me a message and i can get you plugged in that way or you can text me at the same number 303-349-6011 or go to spinegeek.com and contact us and we'll get a hold of you there and we'll make it happen but it's a free assessment and it's going to be awesome for you What is hope? Hope is a waking dream. St. Augustine. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. He gives beautiful ashes, strength for fear, gladness for morning, peace for despair. He gives beautiful ashes, strength for fear, gladness for Hope, a person or thing in which expectations are centered. Jesus. When sorrow seems to surround you. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Psalm 43, 5. There is hope. This is where love lives. 810 KLVZ. Welcome back. Couples fighting. Do you fight with your spouse, your significant other? Uh, we all do. I mean, let's be honest. And so how do you handle that conflict? How do you manage that conflict properly? Well, we have expert advice from Dr. Ron Welch, author and professor of counseling at Denver Seminary. Hello, Dr. Welch. Glad to be with you. Okay, so this is going to be like the art of, uh, this is the art of fighting. So this is, uh, you know, fighting doesn't always have to be bad. It just depends on how you handle it. So uh, let's talk first about the causes of conflict between couples in today's world. That way, if we know the causes, we might be able to avoid some of the conflict, right? Well, you know, it's interesting. Everybody always says people talk about money, sex, kids, and the in-laws. For the most part, that's 
pretty much true. Over the years, people have been doing counseling. It's certainly been true in my practice that those are the top issues that keep coming up. And the problem isn't necessarily the content of what it is, whether it is money, sex, kids, or the in-laws. What happens is it's, it's how you discuss it, how you argue about it, how you work things out. And two of the biggest things that I've found is that if couples are able to agree to disagree or if they can negotiate compromises, they do really well. Most of the couples I see have significant problems with one of those two skill sets. Wait, so repeat that. Most of the couples you see have significant problems with, name. explain the two skill sets. The first skill set is agreeing to disagree. Uh-huh. If, if a couple was would be able to say, I really feel strongly about this and you feel strongly about this, whether it's politics or religion or even some of the really difficult kind of topics, the couples tend to be able to do pretty well together because they can say, I think this, you think this, and that's okay. Oh, I love that one. I love to agree to disagree. But that's not easy for a lot of people, Angie. A lot of people, it's a competition. If, if they're discussing something they disagree about, their goal is to convince the other partner that they're right and the other person's wrong. Oh, no, Ron. My husband, he's like a pit bull. So I could go on with the <laughs> argument for like the, our entire marriage. We could still have the same argument. So I love to agree to disagree because I know I can't win with a pit bull because he will never give in. But he'll kind of go, all right, well, I'll go ahead and agree to disagree then because he feels like he's won. Exactly. And, and for some people, that's really important. That's kind of what the discussion's about. And, and when that's over, it's like, okay, well, we can go on to the next topic. <laughs> okay. But that doesn't really work well for someone, as you described, like yourself, who would prefer to be able to say, well, I still think this. You know, I don't, I, it's hard to say, I don't mind. I guess I'm not big on caring whether or not I win. I just get worn down by continuing an argument that to me is just usually over something petty or useless or insignificant. So I get more exhausted by the arguing. So agreeing to disagree to me is like going like this. <sighs> That's what it feels like to me. Now, the alternative would be if, if a couple can come up with compromises that both parties get some part of it that they get out of it that they're comfortable with, or I get something, maybe you want to go out to Mexican and I want to go out to Italian and we come up with something in the middle and suddenly we both decide to go to Chinese. Whatever the type of food is, at least you could either come up with a compromise and say, well, I'd rather have this and I'd rather have this, but we'll both agree that we can do this. Mm-hmm. Compromising couples can do pretty well too. But again, as you described, that doesn't work real well with a pit bull who really wants to stick with the... You know, though, I have to say, um, with my husband, it's usually some little discussion that's really not important that he doesn't like to give in. It's, it's, uh, but if it's important to me and I really do stand my ground, he will compromise. And there are other things. There are situations where there are what we call a zero-sum kind of game. I mean, if, if you have a job opportunity in Boston and your partner has a job opportunity in L.A., there really isn't much compromise. Well, I guess you could find a job in Nebraska or something. But in general, there's not a lot of compromise there. Someone's going to lose. Mm-hmm. And that becomes problematic. And a lot yes. of conflicts, there aren't necessarily compromises possible. Okay, so where do we go with this? We talk about agree to disagree, and then there's also the compromise, which obviously is, you know, that's nice to be able to compromise. So where do we go here? So then you get to the situations where you have to have someone who gets their way and someone who doesn't. Sometimes that has to do with careers, or sometimes it's a a situation where someone really feels strongly about 
something about their in-laws and they they want to go be with grandma for Christmas and you'd rather go be with your family for Christmas. There's no way you can be at the same place often on the same day. Mm-hmm. Then you get into a situation where it may be a matter of trading off. Like I got my way last time and this time you're going to get your way and we're going to agree to just trade off every other time. Okay. Some couples find a way to do that where it it's still equitable and they don't hold it against each other. Where we get into trouble is when someone really resents not getting their way and then you get bitterness and anger and those kinds of things that build yeah, up. Yeah, and that builds up and that leads to nothing good. All right, so next time we're going to break it down and give specifics about how to uh, settle the conflict in marriage. Ron, how do we find you? My website is transformational-marriage.com. Excellent. Thank you, Professor Ron Welch. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.